0: Jewish Money Matters, episode 346, Ask Yael. You're listening to Jewish Money Matters, the podcast where Jewish wisdom and spirituality meet your money and your business. Money is a means to serve God in this world with joy, to build a life that leaves an imprint way beyond our time in this world. I want you to discover the secrets to Jewish wealth, to gain practical and spiritual tools to break free from the shackles of financial worry to design the joyful, rich life that your soul desires. Welcome to Jewish Money Matters. I'm Yael Trush, and I'm so glad you're here. You're listening to Jewish Money Matters. I'm Yael Trush, your host. Welcome to the show, Ask Yael Friday. I should actually welcome myself back to the show since I prescribe myself a vacation, which I rarely do. And I usually leave like um, episodes, replays, set up. Let me just tell you something. This was not a vacation. This was, how can I describe it? Uh, Let's just say I need a vacation after the vacation. It was really a vacation. It was carving out time um, for laser beam focus on a few very, very important projects. One huge project that has been, I guess, in the works for a while, Well, not so long. Well, sort of. I mean, you'll hear about it, but suddenly it just took over my life in a really, really good way. And I can't really tell you about it yet, but it's big. It's big and it's going to impact many of you. Um, You will love it, especially if you're a business owner. It's really huge and it's happening soon. So stay tuned. So that was a big thing. (laughs) Not many details there, but I'm building up the suspense, I guess. Then there was, ah, my goodness the charity campaign that my husband is launching soon for a project that I'm so incredibly proud and and excited for. And it's been such a journey for us to take this on. And I actually plan on having him on the show soon to talk about this. And a few other things that I've heard you my audience ask me about my husband, um, who happens to be a very private person. So let me see if I can Finagle getting him on the show again, even though he's been here once. And I know it was one of your favorite episodes. I did hear that a couple of times. But just, you know, a sneak peek into this. this. There's this charity campaign. And it has to do with both Judaism and China. And it's just so bizarre and strange and such a good story. There's such a mystery. And I, I'll leave it. Actually, I'm not gonna leave it at that. I'm gonna tell you there's no there's no need to wait for next week to announce this. Um, Let's do this. If you want to learn about a really great project, believe me, it's something so revolutionary, so unexpected, part of a grander vision, which I can't say we even have the ability to comprehend. Uh, the vision of the Lubavitcher Rebbe um, and his request many, many years ago in the eight in the nineteen eighties to translate Jewish works into Chinese. I mean. Let's just leave it at that. And it's such a mystery, and how all the pieces of this mystery have been unfolding. And by Jewish works, I mean my prayer, which is a classic Jewish text. If you don't have it, you should own it. It's a beautiful book. The Ten Commandments, the Tanya, and (laughs) I mean, I can tell you, being on the inside of this, it's been a beautiful journey. Of you know, it's this journey. I guess for us started maybe last year. Well, it didn't really start last year. It started way, way back when, but. It really took on a tremendous personal meaning then, and seeing the mystery unfold and the pieces of the story come together, you just see how God's hand is in this whole thing. And I guess you can read a little bit about it in the campaign link at charity.com forward slash Chinese Tanya. And that's charity with a D, C H a r i d y uh, charity.com forward slash Chinese Tanya and you might even be moved to contribute to it I mean that would be exciting I would totally love that because it's such a cool project such an amazing amazing thing and honestly because it's a fulfillment of the request which needs to be fulfilled it needs to happen he asked for this many many years ago so that's at again charity.com forward slash Chinese Tanya and then I guess the Third thing, I, I told you three really, really big things. Um, My children, my amazing children, they came home from camp and in a matter of days, they had to leave off to school out of town. And this is really why I took this quote unquote vacation was to dedicate time to, you know, concentrated time to their needs. And it was a whirlwind, um, not just of emotions, but of tons of practical stuff to take care of all while I was managing these other two big projects that I just mentioned, and sprinkled with my August business coaching sessions. You guys, those were amazing. I, really, really was just so incredible. Uh, it was a joy to meet so many of you in person and really get to help you. And I have to share a little bit of the feedback here from the ladies that I met throughout the month. It was only women, actually, huh? Uh, it, It's kind of hard for me to pick, but I'll share a few that stood out to me. Here's one that I'm looking at and the reviews. One of the ladies wrote, Yael is able to see where your blocks are and help you clarify how to unravel things so that you can move forward on your path. And then she also said she felt clarity and empowered and I'm so happy like that's what I wanted from the session right that you got clarity you knew a path that you knew how to move forward and that you feel them um, felt empowered to do so somebody said I've gained tremendously from Yael's intuitiveness ability to lead me on a path of more clarity as to how to start and genuine desire to help others with my business your positive energy is palpable and contagious thank you I'm impressed with your ability to visualize my idea along with me and come up with actionable steps to help bring it to life. And then one last one I'll share. I'm looking at it now and it's just it's so nice. She said, "I gained clarity and broader solutions beyond just increasing my prices. Yael showed me what to focus on to remain profitable and grow my business. Sessions with Yael are empowering while you feel validated, and understood, your vision expands and broadens you beyond what you thought was possible." So, all that just about sums up the last three weeks <laughs> in the life of Yael Trush. How about you? I hope you are doing great. It is the month of Elul. It's such a special time. And I'm actually going to turn it over to you in a sense because I'm about to tackle your questions. So we're about to find out from you what's been on your money mind. But first, I want to go ahead and say thank you to one of you who left a review on August 13 and that is... Um, name on the Apple podcast platform is E S E A Night and. ESEA Knight says, learned so much and great insights. I love Jewish Money Matters as it is the podcast that truly talks about financial matters that affect the Jewish community here, but done in a way where you can take meaningful action. I appreciate Yael taking the time to answer my questions and that I'm not a distant listener unlike other podcasts. I get a lot of great takeaways after each episode and there is a true expression of faith after each one. I gotta tell you, ESEA night, I was so, I was so, I don't know, I don't even have the words like reading this, this, this review. It was just so beautiful. I I, like, wow, I, I, I can't tell you how glad I am that when you listen to this show, you feel like you can take meaningful action, that the audience doesn't feel like distant listeners. This is huge for me. And I mean, cherry on the top that there are takeaways which feel reflective of our faith. Guys, I just couldn't ask for more. I I really, really just couldn't ask for more. Thank you so much. Be in touch with me. And we will get together. You, I'll immediately send you a link for us to connect and have twenty minutes um, to chat about whatever else is on your money mind. Uh, and yes, this is also an encouragement for the rest of you to the rest of you to leave those reviews. And you know, as I'm reading this and and feeling the just the joy of being here and doing what I do, I I, I have to I have to say I, I have to acknowledge and and express my gratitude, I feel so much joy in my work. And I know that it's a huge privilege and a blessing. I don't take it for granted. And I want to make sure that everybody knows that because yes, it is very, it gets very busy. And, you know, I don't want anybody here to think, oh, that cannot be a good thing. No, 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 that's actually a very good thing, because I'm busy with read things that really, really light me up. And I, I maybe this is meaningful to me, Perhaps more than other people, though I think it is meaningful and important to everybody as well. But for most of my young adult adult life, I really struggled with a lack of fulfillment in my work, really, and joy and fulfillment in my work. I really, I really didn't know where I was going, what I was doing. So I don't take this lightly. The fact that I get to show up and do things that really, really light me up and that I'm serving the world in a really meaningful way and in a way that really capitalizes on so many of my talents. So I th- literally thank Hashem every single day that he led me here and that he allowed allows me to be here. I love doing this podcast. I love doing the coaching. I love running group coaching programs. I love writing. And Everything that I do on a daily basis, as hectic as it gets sometimes, because it does, it's something that lights me up. And I guess my blessing to you all is to have the same experience. And thank you. Thank you for allowing me to serve you. All right. So enough with that. Enough with the emotions. Let's get to business and help some of you out there. All right. Our first question is from Anonymous. She writes via email and she says, The topic of Meister has been very vulnerable for my husband up until now. He has been giving his father a place to stay and paying for a stay for over five years now. He says that's hard for him, plus it's the highest form of Meister. Oftentimes, I push him and invite him to consider other areas of Meister now that we're receiving more and our lives are more abundant. It is still a vulnerable topic. And I see him working on on his self-worth, how how he's grown and how he really is wanting to do more for our family and enrich our lives. But when I do the MISER list that I want to give to, the places I want to give to, he doesn't want to be part of it. Maybe he feels pressured, unworthy, not able. And instead of relying on Hashem, on Bitachon, he resists. He resisted. He resists going to Torah classes, saying one thing at a time. He doesn't like online learning. He likes being present in the class. So what would you recommend in this case, Yael? It's not that I'm right and he's wrong, but I'd love any ideas or recommendations. All right, Anonymous, thank you for your wonderful question. So you present two different issues that yeah they're somewhat related because of course my sir rests on bitachon and reliance on hashem and i but i think if we pull them apart and we tackle them separately it might give you a little bit more clarity so the first issue here is the miser your husband is correct that him supporting his father with a place to live paying for his rent or his mortgage or perhaps he allows him to live in a property that you own rent free or whatever it is um plus maybe any other financial support that he gives his father, all of that is MISER, and it is the highest form of Tzedakah helping family. Um, Not only is it the highest form of Tzedakah, but that money can be taken from MISER. It is counted as MISER. Now, the question um, regarding the the math and the numbers is, you know, is the amount that we're providing dad or or your father-in-law equal the amount we're supposed to be giving in my, sir If you did the math, is it less, is it more? If it's more, then there's no need to push him to give more, perhaps. But if you did the math and it's less than your miser obligation, then there is a conversation to be had about how do we fulfill that obligation. And it seems, sounds to me like that's where you're holding, where you're seeing that there is an opportunity to give more because we have more income and there's more micer to be given and you're enthusiastic about it, but he's not, not so much. Um, you mentioned that he doesn't want to be a part of the decision, but it doesn't sound like he's opposed to giving the miser either. I think that's what I'm gathering. It sounds more like he's allowing you to do it if you want to. He just doesn't want to be involved. And I think there needs to be a conversation or several conversations that revolve around validating and recognizing the beautiful mitzvah that Your husband is fulfilling the kivud av, Av, honoring his father in this way and practicing the highest form of tzedakah. You want to make sure that your husband knows how much you admire this, especially because you mentioned how hard it is for him. Remember, the relationship between parents and children can be very delicate, especially when money is involved. So you want to make sure that you're quite sensitive to it because it sounds to me like this is a very emotional topic for him for whatever reason. And remember, we are emotional and not logical when it comes to money. Um, and then that's followed with an invitation for him to also be part of the distribution of the Meister. And it might be that he still resists and says, you take care of it. And that's fine. Don't push him, especially if since he's not resisting the giving itself, sounds like. It sounds like he trusts you with that. I mean, the goal is that, yes, over time you should come together and be on the same page on this, but this might take time and a lot of validation and praise for his efforts. But I also want to mention, what if the amount that we're giving dad is not really clear? Uh, maybe, maybe there's no clear number, because let's say part of the help you give him is allowing him to live in one of your properties rent free, for example. I mean, that's a great conversation to bring to a Rav and ask the question of how much of what we're providing our father slash father-in-law is considered as my sir. But let's say we have a number. And let's say, it is deducted from Meister, but that you still have a Meister obligation, meaning what you provide your father with is less than 10% of your income, then the conversation is about how does he feel about giving away the rest of the income, fulfilling the rest of that Meister obligation, but it may be that he doesn't want to because he thinks he's giving a ton, but because he's not clear on the number, he's not clear maybe on how much money comes in, how much is Meister, and how much his father's support actually costs. So that's why we have to get Clear on the number, if we aren't. So just a suggestion, because it, ten- it it does happen, um, and it may very well be that if he knew the numbers with clarity, he would be fine with fulfilling the rest of the obligation. Um, it could be that he just thinks like he's already doing so much, and even even if, if even with the knowledge of the exact numbers, he still doesn't want to fulfill the miser obligation. Okay, then what do we do? Well. We have to walk delicately here. I would talk to a Rav because, again... Who's making the money is a question. If the Meister obligation is from his salary, then to what extent does the obligation fall on you? And to what extent do you have to ensure your husband that your husband fulfills it? You might not be able to do anything other than inspire him slowly, but surely, (laughs) with your own behavior and commitment to Jewish values. And like I said, the encouragement of the Meister, the the portion of the Meister that is being given. Now, if you make your own money and you want to give, your Meister, and you want him to be part of the conversation, but he resists, then that's fine. Obviously, it's, again, hard for him still, and that's fine. You will continue doing the right thing and inspiring him by not, by doing, by doing and not preaching. Which brings us to the second issue. It sounds like you're perhaps in a faster train than he is in terms of your Jewish conviction. So, you know, And your role is not to push. Your role is to do you and do you with joy, (laughs) to inspire, allow him to grow at his own pace. Look, thankfully, he is growing, it sounds like he is a person, that's what it sounds to me, it just sounds like he's not in a train at the same speed as your train, or that he didn't start in the same stop as you. You may have started with a much more solid Jewish foundation than he did, or, you know, your train left from one stop, but he's leaving from a few stops back, and and that's okay, as long as we're going in the same direction. I see no problem with one going faster than the other. The problem really tends to happen when we're headed in completely opposite directions. But thankfully, it doesn't sound like this in this case. So it just seems like you're on a faster train. So keep doing what you're doing, anonymous, keep enjoying your Judaism, living it with gusto, and keep giving him the recognition and the respect that he deserves for his efforts in in so many areas, including this one. He's growing, he's just in a slower moving train, and that's okay. The most important thing is that he feels like you respect him and appreciate him for who he is and at the stage that he's in. And again, if the amount of help R- relative to the MISER obligation, the amount of help you're giving dad relative to the MISER obligation is not clear, please first check your numbers and then consult with a Rav. If you get clarity on that number and you're not fulfilling it and he opposes it to fulfilling uh, fulfilling it, but it's his income, consult with a Rav. If it's your income, then you can give freely um, and fulfill your obligation and let him do what he's doing and come on board when he's ready. All right, the next question is from Adina via email. She asks, how do you maintain such a happy outlook when you're anticipating unwelcome responses, i.e. haters from showing exposing your beliefs and speaking your truth? Yeah. So if I remember correctly, Adina asked this question in the context of some feedback she was giving me about how much she loved one of the emails I sent. I think it was related to the L to-do list, which is something I shared here on the podcast as well. Um, and I was so happy that she liked it. And I had mentioned that perhaps, you know, not everybody's going to like it. And that this was her response. So I decided to add, to share this on the episode because it's actually a response a uh, question that I've been getting very often. I've gotten it in different groups that I'm in. It comes up like in my courses a lot when I'm helping people, you know, what I'm helping people to do when creating businesses and earning and earning more, it calls for visibility, which triggers people's fears about what will people say about them. So I get this type of question, variations of the same question all the time. And it's worth addressing. So first of all, let me say this, I don't, anticipate unwelcome responses or haters. I mean, I guess we all know that there will always be people that don't like what we put out there. Um, And I might send out an email or say something on a show and say, okay, this is going to alienate someone, it's going to trigger someone in some way, someone's not going to like it. But I still do it. And as you say, and thank you for pointing that Out, Adina, I do it happily. Yes, I am an upbeat, optimistic person. Um, I do it happily because here's the thing, Adina, and anybody else listening, I'm not afraid of people, really. I know who I represent. And I think this is why this message is so important. I keep telling students in my programs, you have to know who you represent. I'm working for God. I heard something really beautiful recently. I wish I would remember the name of the lady who said it. I'm going to look her up, but she said, I'm not the CEO. I just work for him. And I think when we're clear on that, on who we represent, the boss, capital B, then we can do things courageously unconfident. I'm not the CEO. I work for him. Like, look who I represent. Like, who look who I have with me. Like, right? So I can go out there with courage and with confidence. We can do things and not be perturbed by whether someone is going to like us or not. And honestly, the fact is that people are welcome not to like what we put out there. And we don't have to take it personally. We really, really don't. I mean, actually, just reminded me, I, I recently received a really, really nasty email. It was not some recently, maybe. Yeah, no, actually it was. From, it was after, uh, I think it was a webinar I gave. Yes, from Purpose to Profit webinar, which, by the way, was an incredible webinar. and I got so, many, so much positive feedback. It was unbelievable. And this one person... Wrote an email to me. It was the longest email I've ever received in my life, saying all sorts of negative things about me. Um, basically, telling me, admitting that she had been saying all these things um, to her friends and family over the weekend, trying to grapple with what I presented in the webinar, uh, in the pro- pro- from purpose to profit webinar. And then this person writes that all these not nasty things that she's she's discussing with her friends and family and. She told me she spent so much time discussing all these things and then goes on to say that by Sunday night, she realized that perhaps I was right. (laughs) Anyways, it was a little psycho. I read it and you know what I did? Delete. It's not for me. It's not my business. I know who I represent. If you have issues with it and you have to take the time to slander me with other people and send me all sorts of negative comments... To then admit that actually now I think you were right (laughs) after you (laughs) trashed me. Okay, that was really crazy. Okay, uh, instead of sending constructive questions about something I said, right? Instead, right? So you spend all this time writing this, not really asking constructive questions, and obviously the person is that person who has the issue and it's like I feel bad for them right I can't solve that for them that's that's their issue it has nothing to do with me it's not really personal it's a personal attack but it's not really has it's 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 them um it's between them and God and I have zero to do with that uh so it goes in the garbage it gets deleted it doesn't even warrant a response that's what I'm saying so you know who you represent know that you can't please everyone but for the most part you will. And for the most part even those who don't like some parts of your work, that doesn't mean they don't like you. For the most part, they're not going to make personal attacks on you. It's not a personal attack and it shouldn't be taken personal. And whoever does turn around and 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 turn their dislike on something you communicated into a personal attack, then move away cuz that's when you know this is has nothing to do with you. Like, right? right? It's called Boundaries, and you move away. You put your boundaries, and you keep spreading light. You don't give any highest, any validity, any energy to the negativity. You just keep spreading light. And thank you for coming to my TED talk, <laughs> Adina. I hope that helps. Uh, keep moving forward. Don't don't uh, just keep spreading light. All right. So the third question it came via WhatsApp, and just to remind everyone, you can submit questions via WhatsApp to the number 832-317-6778. All right, so this question is anonymous and she asks, or he, I think it's a she, how would one go about finding investors for a new business project? This is a new product geared for the Jewish market. She says she wants to set it up right um, i.e. with patents, etc before putting it on the market. Is there any panel of investors in the Jewish market that I can pitch an idea to? Jewish specific, because I think only they would understand that product, purpose, and audience. She also mentioned that she doesn't want to be too public about this because it's some, something that someone can take the idea from her. Okay, so great question. I, I actually have a lot of experience raising capital uh, so I have a lot of a lot to say about this. Um, I don't know about a particular panel of investors in the Jewish market. Like nothing comes, you know, off the top of my head. But here's a few thoughts. I know you said that you don't want to be visible because you're scared that someone will steal the idea. Um, you guys know me by now. I'm not so into that. <laughs> I'm not so into you know kind of believing that there's this competition. Um, but. I'll tell you, I've had to raise capital from investors in the past, and my experience is, and I think everyone would agree with this, investors invest not just in the product, but in the individual behind the product and in the story behind the product. And like I said, I also don't fear competition. I think it's a, not a very healthy place to be operating from, um, from fear. And I think there are ways to position yourself and to build anticipation for this product without revealing the entire thing. I think spending time promoting the creation of the product, the story, the problem it's going to be addressing and your expertise in the area and building your authority around this and how much you care about this issue and different angles on the issue and different things like I think this is very very valid and doing that in places like for example LinkedIn will help get you in front of people who might be interested in investing you don't have to reveal the product necessarily completely publicly but becoming visible as an authority In solving the problem that the product the product will eventually solve. As someone who is passionate and knowledgeable about the problem and about finding solutions to the problem, that is key. And I would really invest time in doing that, building authority. You um, because you'd want that visibility and that excitement for the project to be conveyed. And I think LinkedIn is a great platform if you're looking for Jewish specific investors, that is full of Jews that might be interested in very solid products. So there might be a network um, that I don't know about, but if if anything, you'd probably find out there. (laughs) And and you do that naturally through the visibility and the connections that you would make there. Now, having said that, there's also, of course, friends and family. Don't discount that. Seed money usually comes from friends and family, which, by the way, doesn't only include literally friends and family. It can also be more like angel investors. So friends and family or angel investors, people who might meet, you might meet through friends and family whom you tell you're looking for a partner on this, an investor, meaning they refer you to the investor. And in fact, very often, they will both put money in too, like your friend or family and then the person that they bring in. Um, So all and all this process will require that some sort of visibility, that you start speaking confidently and authoritatively to others about the problem that you're trying to solve, the product you're going to build. So don't be scared of competition or or of someone stealing the idea, you need to get out there and you need to position yourself as the person who is solving this problem and the best person to solve it. And you want that because that's what an investor is going to be looking for. So go out if you're not ready to go out like in the big, you know, LinkedIn or whatever, but at least in front of friends and families, you got to start somewhere um, and, and, and seeing how you make that those connections with people who might be interested, but the passion and the the passion for solving the problem and creating something that solves the problem. And, and and communicating the process of creation, I think needs to be there. All right, so good luck with that anonymous. Very, very exciting. Keep me posted. And that's a wrap, everyone. Thanks to anonymous, Edina and anonymous for the wonderful questions. I'm very happy to be back on the show back on the air with you. And I wish everyone a good back to school transition. And we're halfway through the month of Elos. So that we re- that requires a katima as it's customary already in hello to wish each other the traditional blessing keep sending in those questions for next week's episode and let's see if i do a little swapping around on my persuasion skills win and instead of the guests I had planned I can get my husband to come on the show as I said Rabbi Matt Trush, he's a rather private guy but and he's already been here and everybody really liked them and he has so much wisdom to share life stories business stories money stories as well as his latest project he's involved with which has also taken over our home by storm in a really good way <laughs> really no worries in a really good way you can learn more about that at charity.com forward slash Chinese Tanya in any case Please have a Shabbat Shalom. I will be here with you next week. Take care.